Hey listener, this is Ralph from Beer, Blood, and the Bayou, reminding you that if you love our podcast, please rate and subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Classmates.com, or wherever you consume our show. We also want to remind you that if you have any questions, comments, or would like to unload on our latest podcast, please call us at 405-806-0476 or write us at listener at beerbloodbayou.com. Thanks. Beer, Blood, and the Bayou contains adult language, graphic descriptions of delicious hop treats, and real crimes perpetrated in and around the greater Houston metropolitan area. Viewer discretion is advised. Bitches. So what do you guys know about Town Lake? Uh, that's a that's a fancy um, like fake master plan community out there like, on the west side of town, right? Stainless appliances, fire fireplace not optional. Yeah, they do. Nice floor plans. They dye the water, you know, the the lakes. They, yeah, like a, a Caribbean hue. You know, who would like that? You know, hey, look, I, I, look, I'm not. Gonna, I don't want to open up with shitting on this city. Or shitting on any master plan communities, but again, that's just another one of those things where it's like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna dig this lazy river or this lake lake or whatever, and we're gonna create this environment, and then we're gonna make it like really fun, and you're gonna come out here and you're gonna sit by the water, and really all you're really doing is sitting by a hole in the ground that just was dug by you know a couple guys whose uh, English is not their first language, and it. It doesn't really. It, it feels like it's it's so unnatural. It feels so gross to me. Uh, it's just a constant reminder of the city just paving over the dump that's underneath it. Wow, you really have you seen the uh, the ferry you could take in the woodlands at the lake? What? I there was you go. Eating yeah. on the quasi river walk, I guess, and it, it came by and I asked the waitress, "Hey, you you know where does this take you? This crazy ride y'all have here?" And she's like, "Oh, it's just right around the corner." So yeah, people like get lined up to ride like a hundred yards. I guess I don't know <laughs> yeah, why you want to. Well, it's not a real yeah, it's not very far. Yeah, well, at least the river walk in San Antonio is an actual river. I you mean, know? you can't even get your camera on if you're a tourist. By the time you figure out how to get your camera on and set up, it's already off. The the ride's yeah, over. No, no, I don't it, know what it, the purpose it, of it is. It's it's to it's to make the property value around it more expensive. Well, and I did that. For so sure. I uh. When we talk about Town Lake, real quick, back to Town Lake, um, mm. I, know, I actually know a lot of people who live there, and they fucking love it. Oh my god, friend bragger with money. It <laughs> is, uh, like it is a it is a fucking cult, man. It really is. These people, um, God, we probably have a lot of listeners who are probably listening who actually live out there. Um, who gives a fuck? Well, is this no, the neighborhoods? One of the ones where they ride around on the like the eight thousand dollar golf carts the big tires they do have big golf carts out there yes yes they 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 have like a so they actually have a river walk out there too um they have like like little restaurants and shit they have like a sam's boat they have the cheese bar um that's sort yeah. of thing. but um i'm not i'm not bringing up town lake to talk about real estate value and how great master plan communities are because you know you know what that was you know what that was before a cow pasture yeah I mean, you're sitting out in, in like in a gigantic cow toilet. 
And then now you just, it's always uh, got some fancy stuff on it. So you need to watch your mouth because I'm from Cyprus and just kind of watch your mouth there a little bit. Um, uh, why? No, Is because it's master plan. Yeah, I mean, are you threatening me? No, I just, I'm a little upset and I just tell you, I went to Cypher Falls and I'm from Cyprus and I just, you know, I just want you to maybe, maybe dial it back a little details? bit. You may tell you about your locker number in a little bit. You're telling a lot of information <laughs> about your exact it, are, Is this you trying to soft pedal my, um, my disgust for the fakery that is this city? No, no. Um, back to what I was originally saying. The reason why I brought up Town Lake was because they actually found a dead body in one of those um, dyed lakes out in, out in Town Lake. Things are getting really, really hairy very, very fast out in Town Lake. Really? Uh, of course it is. Yeah. So, so to be clear, someone died in a dyed lake. God, that is such a bad joke, but yes. Well, you said it earlier. I'm, I'm not joking. I'm, no, you're I'm right. repeating what you said. Somebody, yeah, I'm somebody, trying to clarify what you said earlier. Yeah, somebody, Josh, that is the daddest joke I've ever heard uh, on a Sunday. Yeah. That's where the... And that's, that's a where, dad day. It's a dad day. That's for the four-year-old one day when he goes back and listens to the, the catalog. <laughs> right. He gets a little giggle out of it when he's 15. Yeah. Um. So... Uh, all right, so the Harris County Sheriff's Office found a body matching the description of uh, of a missing man in Cyprus, in Town Lake. The Sheriff's Office had been looking for 29-year-old Jordan Davenport, who failed to report to his job on October 29th. Davenport was last known to be at the boardwalk at Town Lake on the evening of October 27th for a Halloween party. That same night, a group of people reported a suspicious person in a backyard and said some had chased the man to a bridge. The body was recovered Wednesday morning from Town Lake that matched the description of Davenport from the night he was last seen. The body, actually I heard actually today that the body has been positively identified. Um, Davenport's father, Kenny Dowling said, if it's not his son's, he believes the case has a lot of unanswered questions. Okay, so I know a ton of different people live in Town Lake, and basically, there's a lot more to the story than that. So, this guy Davenport was escorting a friend home into Town Lake, mm-hmm. um, and then the next thing you know, he actually crossed. Somehow, he ends up in the backyard of uh, of some people who are just basically having um, a party. He is there's some sort of physical altercation, and they say that they chase him off, which is being so. Hey, do do we know was he drinking before this? Who Davenport? Davenport. Yes, Davenport was drinking. He was at he was at uh, he was at a party on the boardwalk, which is I'm not sure. I think he was at the Cheese Bar or Sam's Boat or I don't know. Listener, if you guys know, just fucking call and clarify because my pussy has friends. Um, they don't want to go on the record because everybody's afraid or whatever, but that's fine. I'm just trying to get answers. And again, this is all hearsay. Okay, I don't know. I mean, how do they even know this stuff? Are there are there people's wives hearing about it? Because there's a fucking Facebook page. Okay, every neighborhood they have a Facebook page. Yeah, and that is where all good. I mean, I know that sounds stupid, but I mean, if if you can read between the lines on Facebook uh, groups. For yeah. neighborhoods, that is where all the information is. Right. Uh, I mean, I'm in one for our neighborhood. It's like, I mean, as sirens go by anywhere near anything. It's like, what was that? I mean, just go check it. I mean, people yeah. are all over that. Yeah. So. And so uh, apparently, uh, so this guy, you know, there was actually a physical altercation. The, and then the next day, he turns up dead. 
How, and, how old were the were the people that chased him down? Um, that I don't know. Um, so I can't I can't tell you that uh, specifically. Um, were they having a party? Yeah, yeah. So so the yeah, reports say that I you know these are informal. These are not confirmed. This is all hearsay. But apparently they're having a party. They're they're hanging out in their backyard. They saw this guy. They chased him away. Um, unconfirmed reports say there was actually a physical altercation. And so the Facebook well, page, I mean, uh, yeah, obviously, obviously alcohol is involved. I mean, because, um, if he's, if he's leaving a party there and why is he, how, how does he end up in someone's backyard? That's a question I have. How do he just show up? I don't know. So one of the things I think what's, what's going on is, uh, do you, if you've been to any of those like stupid fucking lake communities, you know, they have those iron fences in the backyard. Yeah, you can get to the lake. You can so, see everybody's right. backyard. Right. Well, what what I'm saying though is, like, if you're walking along those iron fences, you can see people who are walking near the lakes, right? Mm-hmm. So, from what it sounds like, and again, this is unconfirmed. This is not substantiated. It sounds like that they saw him walking behind their backyard, right? Okay. And they chased him down and right. beat his ass, right? Potentially, or there were some words exchanged. We don't. I don't know. I don't know exactly what happened. All I know is that there was some sort of incident that happened, and next thing you know, this dude showed up dead the very next day. So how come crazy. I don't know about this? This is crazy. Yeah. So just uh, read, well, it just happened like two days ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. So read the news. It's all on there. I wish my pussy ass friends would call in. And give me some more fucking detail, but I'm just... I'm, yeah, do you want to be subpoenaed? I mean, this is an active case. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't want to say anything. Yeah, so... And from what I've been told, the Facebook, the neighborhood, you know, back page or Facebook page or whatever it is, um, seriously, seriously heated. They actually had to shut down um, the Facebook page because, from what I understand, it's basically, you know, um, it's, it's, it's become like a very racially heated type discussion. So that's so mature. Yeah. I mean, I don't, at, at the age these people are to have that kind of conversation on Facebook. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I would, I would have shut it down too. And I would have used classmates.com anyway, cause I don't care what you say on there, but I don't exactly. think that, I don't think that uh, they should have been saying that shit for sure. That's ridiculous. So, wow. Whatever. Well, you are in Texas. Don't forget. I mean, so, yeah, um, man, um, this is, uh, this is, suburb- this, this, be... is this is suburban Texas too, man. I mean, this isn't like, you know, if you think about like Harris County, which is pretty much for the most part, pretty blue, you know, I mean, you got to think out in Cypress, Texas, which is, I don't know what a good, what, 20 miles from the city center, probably. I mean, it's still all Houston. Everyone knows that everyone that lives there works there or works in, works in Houston or some yeah. other part of the surrounding area of Houston. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, technically the, the new Exxon campus is not in Houston. Right. You know, but it's still Houston. It's in spring. I mean, who, who calls spring? Not, you know, uh, whatever. It's all the same thing. Anyhow, I just want to I, I just want to reiterate real quick. So the stuff that I just talked about, it's uns- unsubstantiated. OK. Um, these are I have an article right here from ABC. You want to read it real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. What do you got? All right. So homicide investigators are now looking into the mysterious disappearance uh, and death of Jordan Davenport. Uh, his body was recovered from Talley community. Family of the father of three tell ABC he was there for a Halloween party, escorted a friend home. Um, how do you tell your kids that their daddy is gone? How do they understand that, you know, his ex-wife says? Ugh. Uh, when he was not heard from over the weekend, the family made flyers, began posting on social media. They tell us uh, when he did not show up for work at AT&T store, something's wrong. He always made sure 
he had fun with the kids. Poor guy. Investigators say he was last known to be at the boardwalk of Town Lake. Um, that same night, residents reported a suspicious person, person matching Davenport's description in their backyard. I mean, look, there's no, I mean, I'm not even through this yet, but I can tell you right now, they did this shit. What do you mean? Wait, wait, hold on. Wait, wait, what do you mean they did that shit? You're, you're they killed it. They killed this guy. This you guy's there for a guy. party. Yeah. He, dude, you place him there for a reason. He's there for a party. You're not, this guy is a father of three, uh, yeah. uh you know, and, 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 and with a great job. And I mean, this guy is like, uh, is a sweet, humble, and respectful. He's going to be dearly missed. His mother said right now, I heard so bad. Uh, we're just going to miss him. I love him. Uh, mm-hmm. they said there's just so many answer, unanswered questions. I don't know the whole story. Well, investigation is ongoing. Um, uh, this is, uh, yeah, this is pretty crazy. I'll be honest. So we don't have all the facts, man. You know, I think it's, you know, it's premature for you to kind of say like, they definitely did this. I mean, now is it leaning in that direction? Probably, you know, but, um, to say definitively, like, this is what happened. I mean, well, it's highly unlikely that it was like a gang hit in this neighborhood or some, uh, random guy that got in a fight with his girlfriend's new boyfriend or something right. that would have been it's definitely sounds like a kind of a cover-up a job right now with with people that were involved and they're going to talk these people it's probably somebody's kids that are in town from college or something and they're the same age as this guy or younger because adults i don't think i wouldn't say adults would do something like that like 35 40 at a party and you see somebody run by and just chase them and beat them up i mean i think it sounds like if i'm guessing it would it's probably kids people like around his age oh. a little bit younger party. hey uh okay but i was doing some sleuthing while we're sitting here um someone this person from mincy she uh I, i've seen her name pop up somewhere else um she gave a quick description this is again this is hearsay we don't know what this is but uh she says we're uh warning we were all here hanging out in our backyard around 1 20 a.m and a black male around 5 5 looks like he's in his 30s dressed in black pants this was at october 28th this was the night it happened at 1 50 a.m this right, is a uh, right. copy of the post um walks into our backyard and is uh, seven feet away from us we scream for help and our husbands scott and Khalif oh. chased chase this guy down they beat they beat him down while we called the cops uh, we tried to stop it. The guy took off running on foot. Uh, we're all still waiting for the cops, and our husbands are looking for the perp. Uh, please look out. If you see this guy, call the cops. He was uh, pleading that his boy dropped him off here. Where did you um, Where did you read this? This is on the uh, Town Lake Fast Action Response Team. This is a, uh, what, uh, well, there you go. There's the answer. Those are the two guys that at least yeah. jumped him. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. So there's a physical altercation. And then he shows up dead, you know, like what, yeah. what are the chances there? Right. I mean, so, okay. All right. That's at one fifty AM. And she acts like that was in the middle of it's happening. So, um, I, I saw her name pop up. Like you need to ask Mitzi, ask Mincy. Huh? So, okay. Hmm. So, well, people are already talking about it. Interesting uh, type situation so, going on. That's there'll uh, be an arrest made tomorrow. It is, un, it, it is unfolding. It is unfolding at this time. Beer, blood in the bayou. Your number one source for getting it somewhat right for plagues, uh, lake deaths, anything along those lines. That's we are right. that's on right. top of it. Okay, uh, cool. dogs, walking dogs getting shot. That's right, walking dogs getting shot. Um, this city, man, I'm telling you, it's the city. Yeah, this city's it's terrible. Yeah, no other city has murders. You're right. New York went a weekend. 
an entire weekend, a city like five times our size, maybe, maybe not five times, but a, a, a massive city like New York went an entire weekend without anyone getting shot. Not, not murdered. No one got shot. Can you believe that? Mm-hmm. No, we me. talked about it. It's definitely good for New York. I mean, I'm looking for real estate right now in uh, Manhattan because of that. There you go. Okay. I, what, what I'm saying is it's not out of the realm of possibility that um, we don't have, you know, uh, that we can go uh, a couple of days without people just dying. I mean, I was, I was sitting there with my kids watching uh, the football game and then uh, here comes a news bumper and it says, uh, stepdad and stepdaughters found dead in home in Alton Katy. <laughs> I go, okay. Uh, so it's like, and they're like, what do you think that is? I was like, nah, murder, suicide. Maybe the mom did it. You know, I mean, we're like, we're, we're, I'm, I'm talking to my six year olds and, and my 13 year old niece. Like we're, we're deciding uh, who, who do we think the, uh, the murderer was of these three, four people that we, we just saw two seconds of their lives on casual on TV and a commercial. Exactly. This is, really? this is the city. This is the city we live in. This is the city we, this is where we live. Hmm. I love it. And it's so diverse. It's so wonderful. The food is so, really good. Yeah. Really. Had the burgers. They're amazing. The food is, no, the food's really good. It really is. How about the beer? How about the it beer is. section? The beer's really good. Okay, no, real quick. Hey, this is Beer Blood in the Bayou. Ralph reporting from Alaska, never getting introduced. Uh, Josh James, somewhere in Houston. Mm-hmm. Brower, mm-hmm. somewhere in Houston. That's right. Is that a good intro? Happy to be good. here. Happy to be here. That's a pretty good intro, huh? That was right. amazing. Um, okay. The story kind of drug out a little bit, but we'll see what the uh, listener thinks about that. Yeah. We'll, yeah, uh, we'll see. that's right. I just hope like, um, everybody who lives in Town Lake now, they don't hate me. But I'm just trying to like, God damn it, I'm just trying to get the most accurate picture I know. I mean, I'm here on the ground, right? Well, actually, I'm in Alaska right now. But I live in Houston, and that fucking neighborhood, dude, I just, it just kind of, I don't know. It, can it, I tell you, it, can it I tell you what make, this is? doesn't make me feel good. Go ahead. What? This is gated community attitude. Yeah. This is, you don't belong here. This is what, this is where, we're, this is the tribalism to, to its, um, come to, to, come to fruition right in front of your face. Um, this is people who live behind gates and they say, uh, excuse me, what are you doing here? Don't trick or treat in my neighborhood. Don't do this. And, and, and now they see someone who doesn't belong. I mean, I look, I, I don't know what really happened. Who knows what really happened? I mean, this that post that we read earlier, that could be what, what, what the deal was. But this guy would not be there if had, had he not been at this party. And he's not going through people's backyards on a, on, a, on a school night, you know, to go rob people. That's not happening. You know, he's, right. he's got, yeah. there's no motive. In, there's no, nothing that's driving him there to do that. So uh, there is a case of mistaken identity. And these people are on hair triggers and they think that they, they are so exclusive and that they outsiders, no matter who it is. I mean, uh, it just so happened that this, I think this, this is a case of like their automatic response when they see an unfortunately, uh, unfortunately uh, uh, when they see an African-American, they think automatically uh, whatever negative thoughts up to no good. He doesn't belong. It was one thirty in the morning though. Right. You know what he said? Yeah. It was that lady posted that. So it was, yeah. it was kind of late. And I mean, and that was on the 28th. That was the weekend before Halloween. So it makes sense that they would be up that late. That's awfully late. Y'all stay up until two o'clock in the morning. Not on a anymore. Wednesday. No. Not on a Wednesday or Tuesday. No, 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 not me. Either. Wait, 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 uh, was, wait, wait, hold on. Was this, did this happen on it was Saturday night? It was Saturday night. It was the okay. twenty. It was the twenty eighth in the morning. So okay. it was the twenty, the night of the twenty seventh. Got it. But 
anyway, I, th- I think that this would this this is another example of that, and it's going to come out. You know, bitch. You know, the chances are these guys might be like BFFs, like neighbor besties, and uh, they might have like a blood pact with one another that they won't, you know, rat each other out and they're stick to their story. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, hey man, we, we beat the hell out of that guy. We didn't really mean to do that, but we did it because we thought he was an intruder. Like they you know, both had like walkie talkies. They have walkie talkies, and he woke his neighbor up, and he's like, "Go time." That's all it said, and he just ran out his back door. So did the other guy. Well, yeah, no, it sounds back. like the wives were hanging out outside, probably Sipping burning wine. a cig, burning a cig, and um, and then the husbands were inside. They see this guy. They scream for them. They scream for uh, the guys to come out. The guys come out, and they say, get him, you know, and uh, next thing you know, they're dumping him in the, you know, uh, in, in the lake, the town lake. Well, their wives just ratted them out by talking about it on this website you're talking about because they're going to well, be yeah, the first no, ones. It was a Facebook Facebook group, Town Lake Fart, Fast Action Response Team. Fart? <laughs> yeah. All right, we're running hot, guys. Okay, we're running hot. So, That's right. Um, this is, uh, yeah. Tribalism, everybody. Shit's Tribal. unfolding, tribalism. White suburbia at its best. Okay, we will be right back after this. Don't come in my gate. And we're back. Uh, oh. We're back. Stop. Stop. Back. Yeah, it's really dumb. It's dumb. There we so are. Like, needs to be edited out. Dumb. Uh, yeah. No, it's staying Let's in. Let's do that. Let's do that again. I have no. A, no well, I have a voice wait. of an angel. Okay. And we're back. And we're okay, back. We can use that. Okay. Cool. And we're back. Yeah. Okay. Cut that right. one in. All right, guys. I have a very special beer for all of us tonight. Are you guys excited? Yes, I am. So what I did before I left, listener at home, is I thoughtfully prepared one beer that all of us would taste, um, not internationally, but I guess um, transcontinentally? No, that's not right either. How do you say from one state to the other? Interstately? No, hemispherically. Hemispherically? We're no, all, no, we're, no, we're, we're all the same hemisphere. Yeah, we're, but hemispherically would imply... It, it doesn't matter. Anyhow... I left a beer for Josh. I left a beer with Brower. I got the same beer right here in my hotel. All right, so guys, pull out that beer. Go ahead. All right. Oh, wait. No, that's a lie. There is no beer to pull out because I didn't leave a beer. I was wondering if you got with Brower and not me, and I was just going along with it because I'm you, like, I sounded, don't have a fucking beer over here. You sounded like a giant liar is what you sounded like. Yeah, it sounded I like you're about to I didn't know go with it. No, yeah. I just set my, set my Yeti down. Oh, okay. I know it's yeah. not like a big metal beer can. No, I don't have any beer. No, yeah, I know. So basically, I'm uh, re- retracing the steps of the things I should have done before I left. And um, I didn't do those things. So from what I understand, both of you don't have a beer to taste with me, do you? Well, so you're, this is your last um, week. You have one more trip in Alaska, right? Yeah, yeah. So I got, I got um, this next coming week. I'm here like one more week, home for three weeks. Then I'm back for two weeks, and that's it. My time is done. Thank God. Here. And let me tell you real quick, it is fucking freezing here. It's like between 5 degrees and 30 degrees every day, and it is really, really fucking cold. I'm not used to this sort of thing. I, I wasn't built to withstand. I mean, I'm fat. Don't get me wrong, and that helps, you know? 
I was wondering if that helped. It does, but I'm just it's very, very cold. And but then the other thing I, I mean you've know. been putting that uh you've been putting that winter coat on now for at least six years. Yeah. To get ready for this. Exactly. And the other thing too is like I don't know if you guys realize this, but it gets like so hot in my hotel room. Like I have to open the window and like I mean it cools it down twenty degrees in about five seconds. Oh, you know, you know those, those hotels down there around this time of year, they, they tell the maintenance guy, they're like, Harry, go flip that switch in that fucking AC unit. We're not running that bitch anymore. Exactly. <laughs> Until January, June 1st, you but know dude, the routine, you, you, cut you, it off. That's, I mean, I guess that's the one good thing about living in a cold environment is like you have an automatic AC and anytime you ever get too fucking hot, you just step outside and you cool off in about 20 seconds and it's... So that's nice, but what's not nice? You, you know what I like, but I think it's kind of it's totally ghetto and weird looking. Uh, window units. <laughs> you can't have those because they look like shit. But they house. get cold as shit. But my god, they get cold. They can make a room like you, you can make a room into an ice box if you really wanted to. Yeah, you can with a good with a good strong window unit. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't when it's cold outside. I, I like it. I don't have. I just get extra blankets. I don't like turning the heater on, but Ashley does. And I have woken up many a night in the winter <laughs> with like to go to work, and my lips are chapped, and I'm having to like go. Th- I'm like, okay, I got to go through this mosquito net around my bed to to get the fuck out of my bed because it's so fucking hot in here. I'm like drenched in sweat, feeling like I have malaria. And I had, to, you know, what I'm talking about. They ever get those chapped lips? Oh, my yeah. heater. Oh my god. <laughs> no. It's disgusting. And I'm, I'm like walking to the bathroom and leaving like wet footprints on the carpet. So fucking sweaty. I don't know how people do that. I mean, just wear you know, extra blankets or electric blanket, but the heater. Yeah, it's always fun to see how long you can go into the season before you turn your heater on. You know, it's like, oh, let's see, let's see yeah. how or how long we can take these temps. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know, man. I, I can't. I can't sleep with the heater on. Anyhow, um, so, so like I said, my lack of planning brings up a really good opportunity. Um, a guy, uh, a friend of the show, Dave F, uh, sent me a picture of a beer that he was having. I think it was up in, uh, where's he at? He's in Mon- not Montana. Where's he at? He was in Montana. No, he's, was he in Montana? Okay. So he, he was at a craft beer bar in Montana and Buffalo hunting. Was he really? That's right. Are you fucking kidding yeah. me? Yeah, I wouldn't take people still do that. That's, yeah, that's right. Is that legal? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you pay enough money, hey, hey, you, hey, you, hey, you can kill a fucking mammoth right now if you have enough money. You can get a, <laughs> go to geneticist and get one put together. A mammoth? Then, you can wrestle yeah, a bald yeah. eagle. That's right, man. Hey, you want to shoot a bald eagle? You can do that too. <laughs> you need yeah, a toe. I, mean, I like, can get you a toe. Yeah, there's right. dinosaur. You got a money dinosaurs. I can get you towed by two thirty, <laughs> but uh, I uh, uh, yeah, you can. You, I think you can kill anything if uh, you got enough money. Anyhow, so Dave, after which is don't just don't post pictures on social media. Yeah, they yeah, will, yeah. Have yeah, you like riding it when it's dead, holding it yeah, up yeah. or something? I, who, I mean, like, yeah, you want to pull up your, uh, you know, pull up uh, the face of your Siberian tiger or something like that you shot. You know, that's terrible. It really is. Have you all seen the? Hey, have you seen the pictures? Have you seen the pictures of the retarded looking? I mean, I hate that word, but the like the inbred white tigers, um, like they they've inbred those white tigers so much, like the ones for Siegfried and Roy, and they yeah. have one over at the at the aquarium downtown. Haven't seen. Um, they do yourself a favor. It's crazy. They have a tiger at the aquarium. 
Yeah, strange, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, I, went, I, I went there, and I guess they didn't let my family down that area because it was just literally like fish. I see like it, uh, the Pet Smart or something down the street. <laughs> and see, it, there was like nothing out of the ordinary that we saw there. Like, Wait, you're talking about the aquarium downtown, right? Yeah, with the Ferris wheel. Dude, there's fucking you, sharks, man. There's like, uh, and that center thing. The kids love it. I mean, the aquarium in Kima is amazing. Yeah, you really need Maybe to they were cleaning it that day. I don't know. It was weird. It was not, I didn't, there was nothing. It was boring. Uh, we were there one time and there was a scuba diver in the tank uh, with a uh, Will You Marry Me sign for a couple that was in there. It was really cool. That's great. What a great story. Thank you. Is, yeah. Are you serious? Yep. That's serious. All right. Can I get back to my fucking mm. point? All right. So I'm going to edit. You know, I'm going to like edit most of that out. Okay. So it's like, we're going to have to. We're just mumbling. Just, I think. No, just so this fucking flows better. I mean, like, I tried to start something. You go off on like a fucking 15 minute tangent. Well, I mean, we mad? I'm really upset. <laughs> I mean, I'm not dude, mad. Are not... Worth, t- I mean, look, if I just listen to you drawn on about what the fuck ever you're going to talk about, we're not going to get any jokes in. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to come up with funny premises. I'm not. I'm, uh, I mean, actually, I'm not. I'm, I, I'm like, not mad at take, all. I'm not I mad at all. Nuggets, nuggets. I'm, I'm not of gonna... the boring bullshit you drop for us. You know, to go hard. You make expand. us work. You make us work so hard, Ralph. Exactly. I'm not gonna. I'm over here just like squeezing my stress ball, waiting for something <laughs> funny to come out of my head. I mean, dude, what the fuck? Why, why would you cut any of this out? I'm not going to actually at all. Well, that was totally. Well, joking. we do need to not. I think the hour and a half, two hour episodes are a little kind of get a little long, but we don't uh, want to be rambling. rambling. Listen, Josh. Do you listen, Josh? Do you realize that our consumption rate, on average, is eighty five to ninety percent? Dude, they listen to all of it, okay? I have been told that from you numerous yeah. times, but... So, you need to understand that, like, they, they're they listening, okay? Anyhow, back... So, Dave F. was at a uh, a beer bar. We, we, we confirmed his Wyoming, right? Montana. Montana. That's right. That's exactly Dope. what I said. We confirmed his Montana, right? <laughs> yes. So, he sent me a picture, and it was uh, just... You know, he's like, oh, this beer's great. And then he sent me a picture of the menu. It had and his shirt off. It was really weird. He was he was he was almost naked, and uh, on the menu it had 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 something that said SRM, and he said, "Hey Ralph, have you uh, have you seen this before?" And man, Dave brought up a really really good point. So something that you're really starting to see a lot on the different beer menus and different beer bars, at least at beer bars, take themselves seriously is the SRM number. So the SRM number stands for the Standard Reference Method. Do you guys know what that is? No. Okay. I can, I'm probably about to be dorked out, though. Is it something that just came around during the craft era? Listen, get hold on to your fucking hats and get ready to be blown away. So hold on to your potatoes, Dr. Jones. The Standard Reference Method, or SRM, is one of several systems modern brewers use to specify beer color. Determination of the SRM value involves measuring the attenuation of light of a particular wavelength, usually 430 nanometers, and passing through one centimeter of beer, expressing the attenuation of absorption and scaling um, by the absorption constant. Okay, so basically, what this basically, what this basically, what this basically is, is the color of beer. Now, there's a lot of math that goes behind this. I'm not going to get into it specifically because I don't understand it and I don't really know it. But um, what you're going to start seeing a lot now is it's just another way for fucking beer nerds 
to nerd everybody out and make everybody fucking climax is SRM numbers next to IBU numbers. I'm next to ABV numbers, okay? So ABV, we know, is alcohol by volume. IBU is international bittering units. The new kind of little fucking phrase you're going to start seeing all beer menus across the fucking country is this goddamn SRM number, okay? So basically, it just tells you the color of beer that you're about to put into your gullet, all right? So an SRM color, so if we talk about the lowest on the scale, which is like a two, that's your pale lager, like a wit beer, a pilsner, um, a Berliner wise, that's like two. So that's like something you can completely see through. Um, if you go a little bit further down the scale, think about like an IPA, right? So an IPA, it's like you can see through it, but it's a very, very dark kind of like golden color. That's a six, okay? And if like you get down to like a brown ale or a Bach, like what we had la- like uh, last week, you know, we did a Shiner Bach. That's a twenty, okay? So that's like a very, very dark brown. At the very, be- at the very, very bottom of the scale is like an imperial stout which is dark as night, which is like 40 plus. So anyhow, these are starting to pop up all over our great nation of ours. Nerds love to nerd themselves out with SRM numbers. And um, I just wanted to bring it to your guys' attention. So, Well, if there's, and mark my words, if there is one more stupid beer nerd acronym they're going to put in the beer, I'm probably going to tap out and go back to just <laughs> drinking wine and liquor because it's getting out of hand. That's right. ridiculous. Uh, and Dave, Dave F sent you all that. He did, man. Well, no, he, no, no, he sent me all that. He asked me if I knew what it was and I, I had seen it before and I've, I've seen it a couple places. Actually, to be honest with you, I haven't seen it in Houston yet. All right. So guys, that's the SRM um, explanation. I'm glad that uh, you guys are extremely interested in it. I'm glad that it basically made mm-hmm. your, your your millennium. Um, it's really good information to have next time you're at a beer bar. Someone says, "Oh, well, that SRM, blah blah blah." You can just that's play when along. I get my tab. I get you my can, check right now. You can play along with the nerds, and everybody has a good time. So, well, what was your uh, beer? What was your beer experience this weekend, uh, Jaims? Did you have any, any beers to drink? I have beer story. Do you have a beer story? I don't have a beer story. Uh, necessarily, but I do have a issue at my household. Um, oh, well, uh, what's well, I got a we got a little problem with the. Uh, Is it domestic in nature? Uh, no, well, I don't know. It depends on who it's directed towards. But we have a problem with the four year old dropping uh, cuss words here lately around the house when he hits his foot on something or something doesn't go his way. He is. Uh, Dropping the D word a lot. Damn it. Yes, with the IT on the end, the full word, and we don't know how to stop it. But um, we're working on it. Um, oh, well, here, well, we if do. If it continues, I mean, he could, I mean, he's a shoe in for construction. I think that uh, he would do great in that field, but I don't know what else to do because it's hard to tell a four year old that you, know, you really can't say that word, but he's been saying it like at restaurants. And oh, <laughs> see, getting I out of hand. Well, we just uh, explain it to him by saying that it's okay to say that word around us, but you can't say that in public. Oh, so you have like cussing parties at your house? No, what our kids. Uh, yeah, if our kids want, if feel the need to say a bad word, they will say it. Like if they think they hear it, you know. Uh, my daughter the other day said, "Did she just say fuck?" 
No, they didn't say that. Okay. You know, and then really? if, I, if I say a bad word, they just say, bad word, bad word. And it's a great system. They, yeah, they that's, that's never... That's exactly what my kid does, too. Same thing. Yeah, they just remind me when I say bad words. Yep. And it makes it even better. And they understand it. They don't say it in public. They never say it in any... And they don't use it in conversation. So I think he does, though. I think that it's... Because he'll say it to a menu, like at a, or we'll be at a restaurant, and he'll open the kid's menu and be like, Damn! Like, so, I mean, it's like it's like 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 not appropriate. It's like he's not even mad. He's a happy. He's a happy cousin. So it's oh wow, that's awesome. Scary. Yeah, we're trying to work on it. Well, I would I would I would encourage that. Speaking so of I didn't drink that much this week. Well, I did drink a lot this weekend, but it wasn't beer. Just to get through his well, the sadness of him cussing. I tried out a new restaurant brewery down the street from my home. Fire Ant in Tomball. Yes. Yes. The food was pretty good. It was okay. Uh, what I ate, I think I had brats. Yeah, I just ate brats and they were okay. Um, a little expensive for not very much. Gigantic plate and two little bitty old uh, Jaim's size wieners. You know what I mean? So not, not a lot there. You know? What was it? Uh, two size what? <laughs> Jaim size wieners. Um, oh. But you know, like you're like you're a medium guy. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> oh man, I forget we share pictures sometimes. <laughs> yeah, we were on that same calendar. So yeah, we were. You were October. Uh, that's right. I was uh, January. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we. I got a flight. I wanted to try a flight. I said, "Give me a flight of your lightest beers, please." And we had amazing service. Amazing service, mm-hmm. but I, the flight that I got was awful. It was just everything tasted exactly the same. There's no difference, none, no discernible difference between. Yeah, they're like, we want you to try out our food coloring. This is different colored drinks, all taste the same. Can I jump yeah, in real quick? Can, can I jump in real quick here? Yes. So I had Fire Ant actually at a Texans game, so they kind of got their start. Like they're like a tailgating, uh, not, not like a tailgating party company or whatever what are those called like tailgating groups or crew crew whatever so like but they were they're were always out of texas game and i actually had their beer a few times and um it wasn't really good and i i couldn't i was very very surprised to learn that they opened that huge facility and um that that was a couple years ago i don't i i, I um it was really it just wasn't good you know their beer was not great I, I have heard their food is really good. Um, I don't see myself going down there and trying their beer out. Yeah, but you don't go to the best the best food restaurant in Houston to get your favorite beer, right? I mean, that's no. They maybe they need to be in the restaurant biz, not the maybe beer well, biz. I gotta say, it's a cool location. It's got a cool upper patio deck area. That's kind of strange, and the on the patio, the front's kind of cool, and it's it's very welcoming and inviting, but. Um, it's in Tomball, which sucks, and it's right across the street from a police substation, which Tomball's got nothing going on besides busting people for, you know, DWIs after having a glass of wine. Oh, yeah, so, they are not from that area. That and, that and Shenandoah are two places you do not put a brewery. Yeah. Did not do the research. I, I got a horrible feeling that, that the, the cops are going to kill it. Because people from not Tomball are going to not go there, you know, because they're, they're not going to want to risk it. All it's going to do, uh, like all the cool bars and stuff that, that were all down 45, 
um, years ago, that, that I-45 in the Woodlands area, like kind of North Spring and into the Woodlands, all those bars closed because Shenandoah mm-hmm. cops were killing them. I mean, oh, you know. Time. Sam's Boat, all those closed. Yeah, now, okay, TWI, it's bad. That's bad. I get it. It's bad. But, I mean, I mean, there are a lot of people who are not, you know, who might not have should have got a $15,000 bill, you know, for driving after having a couple of, you know, brewskis after work at, um, you know, at Fox and the Hound or something over there. Oh, I know someone that had two drinks practically ruined her life. After two yeah. drinks, DWI, which I'm not saying anyone, I'm not advocating anyone drinking and driving, but I've talked to a lot of law enforcement in my day, and I've talked to one in particular that was a DPS officer who obviously will remain nameless. And he said there were many nights when he just said, I want to follow you home. I'm not going to, because he just, you just know that some people, they had some drinks, but they're, you know, they're not like going to go out and kill anyone. But, they were able to follow him home for peace of mind, but not give him a DWI because that does that doesn't ruin your life, but it's pretty close, you know. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, yeah, no, it could it could it it sets your life off course for sure. Right. You know that those kind of I mean, not everybody can absorb a fifteen thousand dollar hit. Not to mention the implications, the implications for you know license and also the implications for potential future employment. You know, I mean, when you it's harder to get clearance. You can't ever go to Canada again if you have DWI. Um, you know, uh, there. I did not know uh, that. Yeah, you can't. Get I did not know that. Canada. Are you sure? Yeah, you certainly can't what get in with a felony. About? You can't get in with a felony. I know that. You can't. I think it's a DWI. You can't get in with. Um, not a hundred percent sure on that. I'm pretty. I'm pretty. Yeah. I'm pretty sure though, because I know I've read that and heard that to back that up. But I don't have anything in front of me since you guys never heard that either. But either way, um, you know, in Mexico, it's across the border. You have to have a DWI. <laughs> they give you one when you get there. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, that is that is not something you want to tangle with. So I, I, I got bad. I got a bad. I got a bad feeling about Tombo, you know, for a brewery. I agree. All right. So, guys, we're running a little hot. We're going to go ahead and cut it off right there. We got Josh back with part three. Of, That's correct. Of the Candyman. Um, I know our listener is on the edge of his seat, are so you, I are you ready? It. Are you ready? Yes. You sure? I I am. Okay. Cool. Are you interrogating me or what? No, I just <laughs> just trying to make sure you're ready. Okay. Cool. And we will be right back after. Are you uh, after this? Are you ready? Is a really good Creed song. You guys like Creed still? <sighs> That's enough. So to recap, a quick recap, that is, uh, David Brooks and Dean Coral, Candyman, Pied Piper, if you will, were starting their killing spree and kidnapping spree of kids throughout the Heights and Houston area. Uh, and the last case, uh, the two kids that came up missing, there was a gentleman that came by by the name of Wayne Henley who offered to help the family of the uh, boy that had come up missing uh, pass out flyers. And this person's name was Wayne Henley, and he would become the third accomplice of the Candyman. 
And this was again towards the end of 1970. So the neighborhood boys who came up missing were the Hill Guys family. And that was the one with the 15-year-old that Wayne had killed. I mentioned last week. Uh, compared to the introspective Brooks, Henley was a kind of rough around the edges teenager. He had a juvenile assault, assault charge. He drank beer, smoked pot, chased girls. You know, kind of a rough kid in this like a junior high kid that was up to no good, basically. Uh, he would go to neighborhood uh, hangouts like the swimming pool in the Heights. He would frequent uh, Long John Silver's on 23rd and Jack in the Box on 20th, which there's still a Jack in the Box on 20th. I don't know if it's the same one, but it's still there. You know, Long John Silver's, uh, the other day, something that dawned on me. I said, uh, who in the world goes to Long John Silver's? How have they sell it? still in business? That day, I thought that I see a guy that works um, that works for us and uh, sitting in his truck eating Long John Silver's. I don't even know where one is. Just squirting that vinegar all over his yeah. dish. Dude, I, I love I, I love Long John Silvers. What's the what's the like the little like that like little um the little fried like, like uh, the cracklings the little, or whatever the crispies, little, yeah. The little bits. <laughs> That's the best part, dude. How'd that come about? There must have been some guy that was like in line and you saw him and you're like, You better throw that away. I'll give you two cents for that. Dream and he's like, he looked over, he's like, did you hear that manager? He wants to pay for this stuff. Yeah, almost. <laughs> and now they yeah. charge like $1.50 for like the scraps they want to throw away. <laughs> it's brilliant. Hey, you can lick our grease spoon for 15 cents. Yeah. Did y'all ever go to uh, Captain D's? Remember that one? Oh, yeah. The no. buffet, the buffet fish, no? Gross. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Now that I think about it, it's pretty good. I guess that's what you do when Fish you're Fish sitting under, like, warm lights. Gross. Gross, indeed. Well, I mean, they, they microwaved a lot of it. it was, did you get there early? That's the they poured it. <laughs> All right, let's keep but, going. Um, let's keep going. Yeah, okay. Sorry. So, uh, like Brooks, though, Henley's father was abusive towards him and his family. Uh, Henley's parents divorced in 1970, and he dropped out of junior high and began, began working part-time to help his mother uh, pay the bills. Um, Brooke? Brooks was uh, introduced to Henley a few years before he introduced him to Coral, uh, which was by this time it was 1971, the first part of the year. And Henley was impressed with Coral, which is strange. So I guess Coral is, to some people, uh, becoming a charismatic person. Uh, he said he just wanted to get to the Tootsie Roll center of the candy man. Oh, my God. He did not say that. I just made it up. Okay, God, I was about but, to uh, say that. Oh, that's God. really fucking disturbing. Okay, go ahead. Oh man, I, uh, oh, I, I found out the hard way uh, uh, that I didn't know that Tootsie Pops did, that were had chocolate in them. I, 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 I can't tell you that. I, I can't hey, tell you Tootsie Rolls with chocolate. Describe what? the hard way of which you found that out because that sounds the similar. hard way. Uh, yeah, I uh, I was uh, asked to buy. Um, candy for a group of children of people I didn't know and I uh it was for someone and I bought the candy and they said make sure you get something that's not chocolate and I was like no problemo and I picked up a you know someone that's like all little candy bars and then I got oh cool Tootsie Pops and I was like here you go and then they're like what is this this is chocolate in it you know these kids can't eat chocolate yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh my God, that I'm is, sorry. That is a, a totally 
different story than I, I thought maybe you were in college and someone gave you like a blow pop and were, was, was hazing you and they're like, blow a bubble, motherfucker, blow a bubble. And you're like, I can't do it. Fuck, and you're like, it's, no. it's chocolate. It's, it's not working. And they didn't trust you, but. No, I, I mean, this blow a bubble, motherfucker. That, I don't know. Maybe you were in some hard group, weren't you? Like in some, weren't you? Like in a, you were in a, a band fraternity, right? For like, you play clarinet or something? Yeah, that's right. With that big back tattoo of mine, I want everyone to know yeah. I was in the band. That's right. You got that treble. You got that treble. Um, Josh, it says, uh, "You've seen this tattoo." It says, "Look out for treble." <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's on his lower back. <laughs> anyway, I got I got I did get yeah. I a similar one. It's like be careful. It's my be careful. Me, but... I, I might get violent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh man. Enough of the dad jokes. Let's go. Uh, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. So there was okay, the coral <laughs> in love with yes. two year olds and whatever. Okay, keep going. Yeah. So during this time, coral uh, had been torturing killing boys obviously and no one realized that anything was going on even his co-workers by all accounts that i've read about at hlmp uh, houston lighting and power always had nothing but good things to say about him they, they always said he was do. great yeah the manager of his apartment that where coral lived said uh, where actually he committed murders uh, said he was as good a tenant as we've ever had so he's doing all this on the sly and when henley started hanging out the house uh, he became friends with Henley's parents. He went over and helped his mom, Henley's mom, with her car. Uh, they were actually, his parents thought he was actually charming, and they invited Coral over to their Easter dinner with the family. So he was hiding all of this dark side to everyone. Uh, Betty Hawkins, who was a single mother that knew Coral, uh, said that he was a lovely man. Uh, she said he wanted to settle down and get married. And she never considered it odd that most of their dates were in the presence of her children or with Brooks or Henley tagging along. So he would bring her kids or insist that her kids went to all of their dates and or his two accomplices to go on all of their dates, which is definitely wow on the stream. So side. it sounds like, yeah, because like he wouldn't have to be forced to do anything romantically. Right. You know, I'm um, sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there was a. I read at some point that she also mentioned that they actually tried to have sex, and he said that he, you know, wasn't feeling like it at the time or something. So I guess it was more of a cover up that he was trying to get involved with this girl yeah. than anything. Um, but anyway, so Coral told Henley that he could help pay for any items that his mother needed, which more or less brought Henley on board as the third accomplice as well, because his mom and him needed money. Uh, he used the same story with Henley. He told uh, that he told Brooks. He said he belonged to an organization that sold boys into homosexual porn for this place in California, and he promised Henley two hundred dollars for every boy that he brought to him. Got so real quick. Could we, now, could we, could we stop mm -hmm, real quick? Um, mm -hmm, yeah. So you know what we were mentioning uh, last time, right? So um, he initially bought a Corvette for uh, what's his name? Uh, which one? Brooks. Yeah. So he bought a Corvette for Brooks. He says that on a salary from eight chilling. I know that's what I know. And then he then he mentioned that he could you know get his mother anything she wants. What kind of salary and wage is like H L and P paying? You know, where it's like just a, a random person they can you know they can splurge and like pay for all this shit. You know, and it just goes to show like 
in America, right? You have some guy who like works for, I don't know, a Reliant today. You know, can he do that? Absolutely not, you know? And like the wage disparities now are just so fucking crazy. Go ahead, Josh James. I don't know. I, I think maybe he inherited money or, you know, in the candy store. Maybe when his mom said she's moving to Colorado, maybe she said, here's, you know, 50 grand or something yeah. to get your life going. I don't know. Yeah. But it was, it's, yeah, I don't know how he was getting that kind of money back then, but he did. And of course, the inflation rates, I mean, the brand new Corvette back then was probably like, what, $4,000? Not that I'm downplaying it, but it was still no, a lot but, of money. But people's, with, but people's salaries were, were, were a lot less. Were yeah, deflated so as well. I'm assuming, know? yeah, I don't know what the deal was. I guess he inherited money. I don't know. Yeah. But he ended up making an excellent choice with his second accomplice because Henley uh, seemed to be thrilled by the idea of being part of this mysterious crime ring um, that went far beyond his boring life uh, that he already had before in the Heights. So he would uh, one day he was driving around Coral and he saw a teenager with long hair, asked if he wanted to smoke some pot and soon enough had the kid in their car and back to Coral's apartment. Henley said he left, and this is all stuff, by the way, I think I mentioned before in the previous podcast that would be uh, stated in confession. And Hen- Henley confessed the most out of all of them, uh, but well, out of the two. But Henley uh, left after he dropped off his kid at the house, and the next day, Coral came by and paid him $200. And a day later, he found out that Dean had killed the boy, uh, which he later said in his confession. He said... "Quote unquote," I found that Dean screwed him in the ass before killing him. Ugh. So, pretty angry at this point. Pretty bitter about the whole situation, I guess. In hindsight, in prison, but um, Coral pushed Henley uh, to bring him another boy called Frank Aguirre, which was a good friend who worked at the Long John Silver's. So now he's on to number two already. Yeah, this quick, you know, within this within months, he's already had Henley bring a second person to him. Wow. And uh, at the end of his shift, Aguirre was brought to Coral's apartment by Henley, uh, where Coral and Brooks were waiting for him. They started playing the handcuff game, which is when they would act like the handcuffs weren't locked and they would put them on each other and kind of giggle and, you know, whatever you want to do. And then the game was to lock up the person they wanted to kill (laughs) at the very end. And he was put in, Aguirre was put in handcuffs and they drugged the uh, teenager to the bedroom, according to Henley. And quote unquote, this is where Coral had his fun with him. After Aguirre was strangled to death, the trio took him down to High Island uh, for his burial, which uh, later there would be several burial locations that yeah. the Candyman used. Yeah. Um, Henley then brought his friend Mark Scott uh, to Coral's. According to Brooks' confession, they were trying to tie Mark's hands. When he grabbed a knife and stabbed Coral. Oh and shit! Only, yeah, but he only caught his shirt, barely breaking the skin. So it wasn't as bad as I guess he suspected. But Coral wrestled with Mark, and while Henley uh, ran out of the room to get a pistol, he pointed the gun at Mark when he came back, and said, uh, "Brooks just gave up." Uh, Brooks said he just gave up. Mark, yeah. this guy, yeah. basically, the, Brooks came back in with a pistol, and this kid's like. Okay, what do you? I'm done. What do you want me to do? And that's when uh, Coral and Henley uh, strangled him with the cord. So, once again, they brought one more person into this uh, death cycle for Coral. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know how he's able to manipulate these two guys to continually do this, but he's whatever he's doing, it's ma- he's making it work. Um, by late 1972, 
uh, Coral and his uh, henchmen had finely tuned their killing machine. Uh, one afternoon, they brought down uh, a 17-year-old Billy Balch and his 16-year-old friend Johnny DeLone. 14 months later, Coral, Henley, and Brooks grabbed Billy's younger brother, Michael, who was on his way to get a haircut. So they'd already captured this guy's brother and killed yeah. him. And now, months later, they're getting the, the younger brother and killing him also. So it's just they're just plucking him at this point off the streets. Uh, they captured and killed a 21-year-old father who had been living in the Heights and was hitchhiking home from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, to see his wife and new baby. They also snatched up Homer Garcia, a boy from southwest Houston, who was attending a driver's education class with Henley. So he's getting people from his driver's ed class. I mean, they are, at this point, whoever they can find that they can get into their car and get to the apartment, that's what he's doing. He's just collecting this $200 for every one of these. So to him, it's wow. like just a lot of money, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, one 15-year-old boy, Billy Lawrence, whose dad uh, had been working at the mailroom at the Houston Post, clearly sensed that he was about to be killed. Uh, in a note he was forced to write to his father, he wrote by promising that he would uh, uh, be back in late August. He added to the note at the very end, Daddy, I hope you know I love you, your son, Billy. Oh, so man, that's so sad. They, yeah, they kidnapped this guy, Billy Lawrence, and made him write a letter to his dad to uh, essentially deter him from thinking that he was kidnapped, but he was... He had ran away. I wonder why. Um, uh, I wonder why they made him. Like, it doesn't sound like they, you know, he made them do that. I guess the other the other victims, right? It sounds like he. Well, that's there's there's a reason. Oh, okay. Good question. So Lawrence, uh, Billy Lawrence, was kept alive actually for three days, which uh, is a very rare for the Candyman. He was tied up to the plywood torture board. Yeah. That Coral famously had infamously made that the Pasadena police department actually still has in their crime lockup. I saw a documentary on this, but they, they still have it. The, it's basically just a piece of plywood that he cut into what looks like a, what an ambulance would have in the back, you know, a gurney, I guess, if you would, like if a you stretch, would. Like but a stretcher? A, yeah, basically a wooden one. And they would, he would just handcuff them to it and just torture people. And this was the first time that this actually came up. And anything I read that he was using this torture board, but uh, they said they really liked Lawrence or that Coral really liked him, which is why I guess he allowed him to write this letter. You asked that question. Yeah. I mean, it was there, there was something different with this kid. Um, Rusty Branch, however, which was the son of a Houston police uh, radio technician, would be mutilated by Coral, who um, actually Coral actually severed uh, branches genitals with a knife and placed them in a plastic bag which he buried next to the body oh my god so he wasn't exactly friendly with everyone yeah um in, in the summer of 1973 coral this is when coral decided to move move to a house in pasadena which no, as we all know homeowner. yeah so now he's moving to a small pasadena home which was owned by his father who remarried and was living elsewhere in town. So his appetite became a lot more uh, voracious at this point because now he's got a much bigger space and he doesn't have a neighbor on every side of the wall to deal with. So between June 1st and August 4th of this year, uh, this summer, they killed eight boys. Five of them uh, were from the Heights. 
and still the police and the neighborhood residents and the news media were not putting all this together. Yeah. So they got into this house and just immediately brought it up a notch, apparently. And it was this summer that Brooks began to show signs that he was done with it. He, it was getting to him, apparently, if you can believe it. But Brooks began to break away. He married his girlfriend after she got pregnant, and he moved into an apartment outside the Heights. Henley also uh, tried to put a stop to all of this and distance himself because they knew once he had this house, that it was only going to be a lot worse of a situation. Yeah. yeah. So Henley attempted to enlist in the Navy, but he was rejected because he had limited education. And he said he wouldn't move out of Houston because he was afraid that Henley, I mean, that Coral would kill his brothers. So he, his little brothers. So he refused to leave. Wow. Um, on August 8th, Henry arrived at Coral's with his buddy, Tim Curley and his new girlfriend, Rhonda Williams. And Rhonda, this is kind of weird, but she had been, uh, her ex-boyfriend was Frank Aguirre, who they had already killed. So small world there. The person, the people that killed her ex-boyfriend, she was now at their house in Pasadena. Dude, that's and, fucking, that's fucking fucked up, man. Yeah. Well, supposedly, according to Henley, it was supposed to be just a night of fun. There was not going to be any kind of murder or anything going on. This was just strictly like a party and at the Pasadena house, you know? Yeah, most nights, no, most yeah. never. No Every murder. once in a while, when you're the candy man, you put the torture board in the closet and you just party. You just you yeah, don't you, have to kill. You just let go. Right. Yeah. So apparently that night they bagged some paint, which is essentially huffing paint. I guess that's what they called it back then. Very fun. And right. And when the two victims passed out, Coral hogtied them. He also, I mean, back up, Henley also passed out as well. So he hogtied both of these two people as well as Henley and gagged Curly and Williams, the, the couple, but he didn't gag Henley. Uh, when, when Henley came to, he promised to murder Williams. So Coral untied him. Uh, they returned to the living room, Coral carrying a 22 caliber pistol and Henley a knife with an 18-inch blade, which is not really a knife at that point, right? It's like a machete, but 18-inch blade. Uh, Coral tied... Bowie knife. Yeah. So Coral tied them both up uh, to his, or one by one, to his torture board, and he started to sexually assault Curly, which was the male. Um, A sheet of plastic was covered on the floor, and at this point, uh, during the assault, Henley grabbed Coral's gun. He aimed it at Dean... Corley, or I'm sorry, he grabbed Coral's gun. He aimed it at Dean, uh, and he said, "This is what he. This is what he stated later. Uh, whatever uh, evil was in Wayne, uh, there was still some good in him, and finally a good one. Wayne saved my life, and he saved Tim's too. Wayne killed the devil tonight. So he basically pulled out the 22 pistol while Coral." was assaulting this curly guy on this torture table and shot him in the back of the head. Wow. And this was the famous video you see if you Google the Candyman. Um, I don't know if it would be Arrest or Pasadena, but there's you, there's a YouTube video where you see oh, yeah. uh, Hen- Henley and Brooks sitting on the curb and looking like hippies, and Pasadena police are all over the place, and they there's actually a picture of Dean Coral, his naked body, in the uh, in the house as well, had been killed. This is where 
all of this broke at this point. This is actually where I'm going to end this part because, I mean, there's just so much to the story, but I need one more episode to go into you know, the uncovering of all of these wow. victims because it's insane. Because at this point, like I said, you know, it, cops are pretty much oblivious to what's going on. Yeah. They weren't really putting two and two together. And now they get a call, as I said in the first episode, to Pasadena Police Department to come out because a guy called in and said he just killed someone. And that's where all of this started to unfold Wow! in Pasadena, Texas. Wow. So, yeah, we'll pick up with that. Should be the last. It will be the last um, episode of The Candyman. But I thought yeah. I could do it in two. You had to do it in four. I'll tell you what. Every time, every, you know, every time I hear descriptions of what this guy did, it just fucking it stresses me out. It leaves me speechless. I mean, I've heard it three or four times from like other podcasts. I've read a book about it. I've read a magazine article, but it just really fucking takes you back, dude. That just yeah. I'm glad that you um, you've heard it so many times, and now I can just bore you with it. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I've heard it three or four times. No, I'm serious. Uh, I just, it just doesn't. No, I mean, there's, it's a lot of stuff out there, but it's not mainstream. As Brower would say, I think we're using just not the town people want to talk about. I mean, this is a, a crazy serial killing that just doesn't get the Ted Bundy status, you know? Yeah, it's, it's funny. It's funny you say that because uh, on my Ray Brower Facebook page a couple of days ago, I, I, uh, saw a really interesting meme where it was a list of several ser- serial killers, like 30 serial killers, uh, and their Zodiac signs. Every single one of them were Sagittarius, Gemini, or Virgo. Or Pisces and Gemini. Wait. Yeah. yeah Virgo, Gemini, or Sagittarius. Or Pisces. That's it. Those four. Um, and it's every single one of them. It's uh... Paul Bernardo's on here. Richard Ramirez. Uh, what's it called? Ed Gein. Ted, Ted Bundy. Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, people I've never even heard of. But guess who's not on there? Dean Coral. Exactly. Dean Coral. Yeah. But to be fair, he he's a... Uh, he's another, uh, another, uh, another sign. But anyway... So, but you know, Houston always gets short shrift. Even our serial killers are, are overlooked. <laughs> they are. Which is really sad to laugh. I mean, it's something really ridiculous to even laugh about, but um, it's true, man. It's just, you know, I, it's, it's one of the most horrific fucking things that's happened in American history. And oh, yeah. The, the fact that people overlook Houston? I yeah. agree. Well, no, no. I'm talking about this fucking, these killings. And oh. It's, it's horrific, yeah, man. It's just yeah, so ridiculous. we make it. We make it to the playoffs and get a little bit of coverage. We have serial killers, a little bit of coverage. You practically have to kill a bunch of people at a playoff game in Houston to get popularity. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Well, Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like, I'm not trying to start a fad in, in anyone's mind, but I mean, I think that Houston definitely should. This should be a case that there should have been movies about years ago, and they're just now making one. That's yeah. going to be, you know, Hollywood quality, I guess. But yeah, there's plenty of documentaries. Cool. All right. Anyway. Well, hey, uh, Josh, thank you so much for that. Um, okay, cool. So we're going to go ahead and dial back with the Bayou section. Mr. Brower, are you ready? Yes, we have a couple of updates coming up. Uh, oh, my stories God. We before. I can't wait. Yeah. I can't mm-hmm. wait. All right, cool. And we will be right back after the... 
Gross. section as i'm starting us off with a couple of follow-ups from stories i've done before uh one maybe the last couple of weeks number one the the man who had his uh penis and testicles bitten off by uh by a bulldog and eaten mm-hmm. um turns out guess what ralph you were right he's okay he had no he spread peanut butter, he was butter over it. His oh i do it i do it an Englishman who was induced into a coma after his genitals were savaged by an old English bulldog was alone in the room with the animal when the incident happened, quote-unquote. The man, uh, who has not been named, was also alleged to have applied peanut butter or another food spread onto his crotch area before his genitals Maybe were bitten off. Maybe, that's hell we don't know. Oh, that's terrible. Why would he do that? Just for- a 22-year-old man was found... Unconscious and fully clothed in a pool of his own blood in a flat in Addington in September. Oh my God. Oh, that's terrible. However, his organs could not be reattached as they had been eaten by the dog. <laughs> his condition later stabilized and he was then transferred to Western General Hospital where he's since consistent with their uh, inquiries. Wow. Poor dude. There have been previous reports of the man had been held down by others at the property. However, uh, a police source dismissed this and confirmed that the man had been alone with the dog. Wow! Wow! Could you imagine? Just, could you just imagine like, around. just having like a blank, like a blank, like a blank piece of skin where your genitals were, could like a Barbie doll, living life like that? Yeah, it's not known that the animal believed to have been named Biggie belonged to the victim. <laughs> The dog. Yeah, I was going to say, what if that's your dog? Like, so the rest of your life, you're sitting there watching football by yourself, and you in your recliner, and you look over at your fucking pit bulls, With big no- sack of nuts. His, <laughs> your dog's nuts are hanging out, and you're like, and he looks at you like, what? Like, you don't have any more, do you? I ate him, motherfucker. I ate him. Yeah, I'd probably, you gotta get rid of that dog. You can't keep that dog. I'd probably eat his genitals too, just for good measure. Oh, the owner of the dog uh, is believed to have been involved. Uh, the only dog I believe to have involved voluntarily signed documentation consenting to the destruction. I mean, that's uh, wait, 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 consenting the, the, to the, the destruction dog of what? Of the dog. Oh, he killed the dog. They're gonna kill the dog. Oh, he's mad at. I would be mad at the dog too. I mean, but granted, yeah. he did. He did. You know, he rubbed peanut butter over his genitalia, so he probably deserved it. Yeah, this was weird. I don't know that you can be mad at the dog for that. Can you? I, know, I, mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I look, I mean, the dog took it too far. I guess the, there should have been like a, a, a safe, a safe word or a safe bark. some sort of safe, a safe command, safe bark. So, you know, the, there's not too much stuff that I'm not going to bite with peanut butter on it. I mean, I don't know that you blame the dog for that. I think that there's bigger issues here. Let's be honest, though. This probably isn't the first time, is it? Exactly. Like he's probably. Exactly. Just, I mean, you know, you know. I would say maybe the last fifty to sixty times, the dog has adequately like licked the peanut butter off the cock, and like this time, like it, 
He just went to, he was hungry. Yeah. Dog was hungry. Meanwhile, neighbors are coming forward saying that their cats all had peanut butter around their mouth for the past six months. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, it's probably a problem this guy has. Stray animals I mean, walking not, around. You don't just try butter. that one yeah, time right. with the fucking dog. Wow. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah, poor guy. You know, I mean, what's, how is he, uh, how does he even go on at this point? Um, well, uh, and, and another news, another follow up I had. Uh, do you guys remember the story about the, uh, the NYPD cop who was uh, sexually assaulted by a female officer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, the Brooklyn detective who accused the sergeant of shoving her lace panties into his mouth yeah. says he's been shunned by his precinct ever since he reported the incident. Detective Victor Falcon claims that Sergeant Anne Marie Guerrera rubbed her panties on his face and tried to stuff them in his mouth, screaming, They are fucking clean. As the two <laughs> were in the unisex locker room. Oh, I should be Brooklyn. laughing. Yeah. Uh, wow. I'm the pariah of the precinct, the NYPD, uh, and the NYPD, my career is over, he told the New York Post. Nobody will ever take me seriously. I'm known as the panty eater. To do my job is impossible, he added. Wow. wow. That Falcon, is uh, embarrassing. Falcon, Falcon filed a complaint with the NYPD's Equal Opportunity Employment Office. October 24th, in that complaint, he accuses his department and investigators of initially ignoring his complaints and leaking embarrassing details to the press. Wow. The department allowed me to be humiliated, and that's what I intend on proving, he said. Falcon claimed that he's been abused by Guerrero for years on almost a daily basis. Wow, this woman is awesome. He has worked with Sergeant Guerrero for five years in Sunset Park. They need to make a TV show about this woman. I mean, where is that our is TV show? Insane. I just, this doesn't sound real. No, I know. I mean, like, if this happened in an actual TV show, people would be like, are you fucking kidding me? This woman, this cop did that. There's no way. This is, like, wildly. Uh, I mean, this 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 needs to be documented. Netflix uh, has to be all over this, right? I mean, this is a big deal. I don't know. Um, the complaint alleges discrimination based on sex, gender, assault, and battery, sexual harassment, hostile work environment, and ongoing retaliation. He claims that when he complained to lieutenant and captain about her sexually inappropriate comments, Guerrero and Sergeant Johnny Wong in turn targeted him for retaliation. Falcon said he told co-workers in 2017 that he started dating someone. Wow. Yeah, and then she talked about his tiny dick. That's terrible. Oh, no. Mm. Not the tiny dick. Yeah, Yeah, at a department Halloween party two years ago, Falcon Guerrero posed together in... uh, and in the photo, he was holding a prop penis, claiming the costume was <laughs> was a reference to her little dick joke. He believes that the photo was recently leaked in an attempt to publish shame and discredit him. Uh, wow, well, this well, guy's well, done. Can we, can, we, can we dissect that real quick? So you're at a you're at a let's call it a company Christmas party, okay? I mean, I know Halloween party. Like, yeah, I know, but I know. But, oh, sorry, a company Halloween party, and uh, yeah, we're law enforcement. Com- yeah, law enforcement, right? And Hey, what parties do you go to that are like like professional nature that just have like you know fake dicks lying around? Let's start there. What parties do you not go to that's there? I mean, that's pretty common. The ones I go to. No, I'm talking ones like you know, like granted they're cops, right? And I just, but I would still think like there's a air of like professionalism that still kind of exists, right? No. Yeah, you think that? Okay, so I don't know, you so, think that, but I've heard teachers are okay, the so worst. That's, like th- that's part that's one. The same way with law enforcement. All right, so that's part one. Part two. Is that, is there, I don't know, the parties you guys go to, they're like big dicks, like just like laying around everywhere? Is that normal? Yeah, at a party. I, I don't know. I mean, 
I don't know. If, I don't think so. I mean, not, not the parties I've been to. Okay, that's my well, point. I'm cut that part out. It's no, no, bad. no, no. It's not bad at all. I, this, I'm not trying to be funny or anything. I'm just saying, like, I just think it's odd that they just have fucking you know fake dicks like laying around, Mister Vape. Go ahead. Damn it. Yeah. So you know, uh, just to put a pin in that story. Um, I'll say I, I wish I hope him I hope him uh, I hope the best for him. I, I think poor Falcon. Um, you know uh, the stories. The stories yet to be told on him. So, uh, and this is actually here's another story that is pretty interesting. Not is not a follow up, but it's more like a continuation from the theme, which is we are now suffering from medieval uh, plagues and issues. In our fair city of Houston. Here we go. Uh, Mayor, Here we go. Mayor Sylvester Turner has ordered the cleanup of Midtown Homeless Encampment at Wheeler and Caroline's that's plagued the city for years. A Metro Houston bus was brought in on Friday morning to carry off dozens of homeless away from the area. The city says they were given the opportunity to go to shelters with the help of the, uh, the Way Home Coalition, but only a handful of people appear to be taking up the city offer. That's the problem, man. They don't want the help. Um, the the uh, mayor Turner cites crime and predators along with filth, pests, health hazards, and reasons by the move. And let me tell you something: predators, meaning people are robbing homeless people. How low do you have to be that you're robbing a homeless person? Yeah. You know, like, what don't you have to have that a homeless person has that you need from them? Uh, I don't. Well, you know what they that. say, but no, 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 like, no. Here's here's what it is: the mayor's using like, oh no, no, we're helping you, but really. Re- they should be cleaning the streets. They should not. It should never get to this point where there's encampments, and that's the problem. And now, but the real problem is the pest and the health hazards. They're not telling you the real reasons. Uh, the population of the Wheeler encampment under the freeway overpass uh, dwindled recently, recently to about 45 people. But has continued to attract predators seeking to victimize this very vulnerable population. Mayor Turner says, which is not, I don't think, is true. Today, the city and its compassionate partners are taking extra steps to place homeless people in shelter beds with their consent and eliminate hazards created by the property's use of unofficial outdoor living space. What are they? The property beneath the freeway overpass will be fenced off and converted to a bus parking lot. What are they? What are they stealing from these homeless people? That's what I want to know. They're not. It's not happening. They're saying, "Oh, we're worried about you. Let's get you out of here." No, let's get you out of here. Period. We're worried about looking at you. We're worried about the disease you're bringing. We're worried about the um, the 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 lice and the mice that's gonna. I mean, and the rats that are there that are gonna eventually get to our own house pets and they're gonna spread. And we're gonna wonder where the plague came from. I mean, I, this is a this is a board certified physician to, uh, to uh, saying this. It's, it's happened. It's happening currently happening in L.A. and it's, it, they're showing early signs of it happening here. I don't want to play That's some it. Walking Dead shit, man. Do, yeah, and, and look, yeah, it's it's happening, man. And uh, look, it's not gonna. Uh, don't think the dead's gonna they're gonna rise from rise from the grave. But I do think that uh, this could get worse before it gets better. So, hmm. so there, it's coming there to use. There is an immunity to the plague, in there? I mean, there's a vaccine. Yeah, no, uh, the the bubonic plague. I, I don't think so. I, I think it's just clean. It's the sanitation. It's uh. Um, you know, not sleeping in your own poop. Is that really what it comes down to? Well, yeah, that was the whole problem. Well, right? That was the rats and all that passing it on. 
Yeah, right. And, they were, uh, it was like and, well, the, they the couldn't rid of the, the, the bodies fast enough and everything. Yeah, there's a lot of issues, but the the the, the fact that the, there was nowhere for the disease to go, everything just kind of sat there. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, speaking of um, uh, fighting for survival, a dog shoots a man. Man survives, defends dog, and says he didn't mean to do it. He's a good dog. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is the kind of dogs like that guy, and we talked about a couple weekends ago in in the Heights. They got killed walking his dog. You got to have a dog. No, he didn't die. That guy didn't die. I know, but he almost did. His dog ran off though. His dog should have had a concealed handgun license. This guy killed. This guy got shot by his dog. A dog named Charlie shot a man named Tex on the way to a jackrabbit hunt in the New Mexico desert. That is a real phrase uh, statement. Uh, it went through my ribs, my lung, and busted up my collarbone to the right side. Victim Tex Harold Gilligan told ABC News. That is, he's got the greatest name ever. I had a gaping hole, you know, a lot of blood there too, Gilligan said. I could see the blood and I felt it. He said, Gilligan, 74, was left with three broken ribs and an injured lung, a broken collarbone, and three very agitated dogs. Uh, Charlie, chief among them. Gilligan said that uh, he had loaded up his pickup truck with his gun and his trio of dogs, Charlie, Scooter, and Cowboy, climbed into the driver's seat and headed out to the desert west of Las Cruces to hunt jackrabbits. Charlie, a 120-pound Rottweiler mix, got his foot on the trigger of the gun, caught the trigger, and blasted a shot at an unsuspecting owner who said, that at first he thought he'd been hit by a sniper from a distance. I thought, <laughs> who was that? Gilligan told ABC News. <laughs> I was there, isolated. Nobody was around. Gilligan said he normally doesn't bring his cell phone along when he's hunting, but due to very recent heavy rains, he decided to bring it in case he needed to call his kid if he got stuck in the rain. He rolled out of the truck and called 911. Law enforcement officers from the Donna, Diana uh, county sheriff's office. The we're in a shootout. They were in a shootout with the dogs. <laughs> the dog, yeah. Uh, the dog uh, and found Gilligan lying next to his truck with a gunshot wound to the chest. Investigation to date appears to suggest that Charlie, who was riding in the front seat of the truck, slipped and got his claw stuck on the trigger of the shotgun. The gun was positioned in the truck with a barrel facing up towards Gilligan. First of all, who the fuck rides with a gun facing themselves? First of all, <laughs> who's that first cop? That rolls up and he sees Charlie with with this rifle next to him and he's like, "What happened here?" And this dog's like looking at him, like smoking a cigarette, and like <laughs> he he had it coming, he had it coming. I mean, that had to be like a sight to see, just a yeah. dead guy with fucking three dogs laying around. Yeah, apparently Mr. Gilligan had placed a gun on the floorboard of the truck with the butt of the gun on the floorboard. Detective Jameson said, "Gilligan first told the dispatch that he accidentally shot himself." The investigation is being handled as an accidental shooting. Gilligan was taken to an area hospital where doctors determined it would be best to leave the bullet inside of him for fear of damaging his pierced lung. The incident left him with three broken ribs, a punctured lung, and a broken scapula. Wow. In the end, Gilligan maintained a healthy sense of humor about his colorful ordeal. I never thought that was happened, Gilligan told ABC News. An interesting story. A dog shot a man. So let me me say, so you're telling me that he he essentially told the police that he shot himself so he was covering for the dog like so that means the dog like had like a knife to his throat or something when the cops pulled up and was like don't say a fucking word the next one's gonna count I chased my dog with a rolled up newspaper 
And if he comes and snatches a piece of food out of my kid's hand, if my dog shot me, I'm not sure what I would do. I don't know how highly I'd roll that newspaper. I had a dog that could almost work a butterfly knife, and that scared me. If I had a dog that could fucking shoot me, that I would get rid of it. Unless it was protecting me. If it was trained to protect me in the heights when I'm walking, it might be different. Yeah, you might need it. Hey, you know, here, I heard something really cool. Uh, and let me, let me get you guys' opinion on this. Uh, in Ennis, Texas, there's a, a high school team. Uh, there's a high school that is now forming a high school varsity barbecue team. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Play yeah, the school created its yeah. very first competitive barbecue and travel cook-off, uh, cook-off team involving other schools in the area. Wow, only a handful of schools in North Texas have barbecue teams. The idea is gaining popularity. Uh, yeah, horticulture okay. teacher Tommy Copeland helped start his team. That's awesome. So let me let me tell you real quick. Okay, mm. so I got this whole thing about barbecue. Okay, um, so I I started kind of getting into a little bit of like amateur barbecuing myself. All right. Mm-hmm. So I had the the wife. She actually for Father's Day, she brought me I bought me a a Bradley uh, electric smoker. Now, granted, it's not like. You know, it's not a purest fucking barbecue pit. Um, as they're a, nice stuff. I mean, yeah, they, they, they are very nice. They hold constant temperature, um, and uh, they feed like these little like wood pucks, like into the. And bottom line yeah. is, it's 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 a very so. If if you've ever smoked like a brisket or you've ever done barbecue, it's if you want to do it the right way, it's you gotta stay up all night. It's yeah, you gotta stay up all night. It's extremely labor intensive. With that said. Um, here in Alaska, they have like one barbecue restaurant in the city here in Anchorage, just called Turnigan. <laughs> I'm not making this up. Turnigan Armpit Barbecue. Okay, so okay. there's an area in Alaska called the Turnigan Arm. All right, and then these motherfuckers they decided, hey, let's make a barbecue restaurant and call it Turnigan Armpit Barbecue. Now, I can think of like. Five to ten variations of like a better name. That's pretty brilliant, though. Well, I don't know. I mean, bottom line is their barbecue is fucking terrible. Okay, they don't smoke. I mean, they they may smoke it for a little bit. It's dry as fuck when you get it, and everybody here rants and raves about it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my friends here, he had a he had a housewarming party. I said, hey, let me cook you some some Texas barbecue. They actually have some electric smokers here. And I stayed up for the last 24 hours cooking a brisket and cooking, like, two pork butts, right, uh, for this, like, housewarming party. And let me tell you, man, this barbecue blew the fucking socks off of everybody who had it. They never had barbecue like it, right? And it's a lost art form, right? People think, like, they can just kind of do barbecue, right? And it's, you know, it's, like, this thing that just kind of exists and it really... You know, it doesn't take a lot of thought, but I mean, they're purists out there, and it's a, it's a very, very, very delicate type of uh, type of thing. And I've uh, always said that if you could open a Mexican food restaurant that's quality Mexican food, like an El Tiempo in New York, you would be a millionaire because that's my point. Places they have that, they don't. Ex- no. I don't think they do. Man. I, I don't no, know. They, they 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 do in New York. Do what you got. What you got to do is you got to go to like Albany. You know, or oh, like up, like uh, upstate, hey, like in the in the woods, dude. Hey, I, I was in. Uh, we were in. Uh, I was in Ohio visiting Ohio years ago, 
and then we were at a Mexican food restaurant and uh, someone at my table asked for uh, a tamale and the waitress asked, what's a tamale? That's bullshit. Yeah. And yeah, so, so back to this Alaska thing, you know, um, I actually ended up making the best brisket I've ever made in my entire life. I did it Aaron Franklin style. Like, you know, so what's really fucking crazy is that the guy who arguably has like the best barbecue in Texas, he actually has a web series exactly like step by like painstakingly like step by step how he does his barbecue. Okay. And if you follow, really? yeah, if you follow it step by step, you turn out with some really, really, really good fucking barbecue. Right. And yeah, so I did it Aaron Franklin way. It fucking turned out. It was the best brisket I've ever made in my life. Granted, the entire time, like, I'm fighting, like, these, like, nine-degree temperatures. Um, and, uh, you know, trying to make make sure that the smoker is still, like, at temperature the entire time. Like, loading up with wood and wood chips and making sure that it's smoking consistently the entire time. But it turned out effing great. And I pretty much want to open a barbecue cart here in Alaska. All right, everybody. That's a preview for our next podcast: beer, blood, and barbecue. Okay, beer, right? blood, and barbecue. No, I'm like really well, good. I'm, I'm starting to get into it, man. It's like it's it's fun, man. It's like a. I know that's cool. It's a labor of love, man. Are you going to start a I fear no barbecue Instagram to be hitting it from both sides, no. food and liquid? No, but I dude, I went to this I went to this house party last night, and you can't really go outside because it's so fucking cold. And there's like red solo cups everywhere. And there Where'd was, everybody like, smoke? What? Where'd everybody smoke? There, nobody smoked. Not Alaska. Well, illegal. Well, actually, pot, pot is like totally illegal, but you know, we're, you know, the company I work for, that's against policy, so nobody's smoking weed. But, um, but yeah, we we're just. I miss, I miss cigarettes. Oh, cigarettes. Oh, yeah. You jump right to the weed. Yeah, sorry. But anyhow, um, it doesn't matter. Or crack, crack. Well, what matters is that we had a good old time. And speaking of Alaska, yeah, it's, um, I apologize to our listener if we sound a little tired, but it's a lot uh, with the time change. It should be a little bit more help, but it's really not. But it's pretty late here. This recording, not for you in Alaska, but um, definitely for uh, Brower and I. Okay, fine. I'll cue the fucking music. Okay. No, I'm not saying cue the music. No, it's already, saying... it's already started. Let's go. Uh, well, hey, don't worry. We're gonna talk about our live show. Uh, what live show? We're not doing a live show. Live show. We're not doing a live show.